180 Omaha. Live. You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action. Has some time. Deep shot for Parker. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 We are masked up and ready to go for a football Friday. T.C. Martin show coming to you live from our Friday home here, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be. On the strip anywhere, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. It is a football Friday. You know what that means. Best bet segment coming your way today, giving you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays, and we'll be breaking it all down for you. Nonstop sports talk coming your way. Ballpark Frank in the house. What is going on, my friend? Well, you know, just sitting here at the uh, beautiful Cosmopolitan Race and Sportsbook, getting ready for another weekend of football. Things are opening up, and it looks like we're going to have more and more conferences in college getting at it as well. So uh, even more incentive for teams that are ranked to try to keep on winning because once the Big Ten and Pac-12 gets in there, I think the rankings might be changing a little bit too. That's right. We won't uh, see teams like uh, Louisiana Lafayette in the top 25. That would be Brian Benowitz's favorite. There you go. Double B, what is going on, my friend? Oh, things are... Things are good here at the Cosmopolitan. We get ready for another exciting weekend. Uh, lots of football action. Not so great of a docket again in college football, as we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, but the, the pro games are intriguing. Yeah. And uh, it was an interesting first week. Uh, last night's game was fun for anybody who had to spread at five and a half. Boy, that was a pucker right to the end. And uh, uh, Cincinnati pulled it off uh, with, with the late score in order to cover. Uh, but no, it should be a fun weekend, and there's a, a lot of good action. You still got the NBA going. You got the Stanley Cup starting on uh, Saturday night. Unfortunately, our Vegas Golden Knights uh, didn't quite make it, yeah. uh, but uh, should still be entertaining. And then we have uh, some baseball. I guess uh, you could talk about the baseball there, when, you, when you want on um, Monday want, through Thursday. I just, I just, I just want to know <laughs> if pucker is a is that a, a hockey term or a, a Canadian term? I don't think I've heard a pucker of a game before. You haven't heard that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I've used it forever. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, from the day. Yes. Better. You're, you're, you're just, you know, right to the end. It was, right yeah. to the end. And who would have thought? I mean, the Browns and the Bengals last night, we're thinking, oh, this is going to be very intriguing. And it turned out to be a good game, 35-30, the final. The Browns uh, get the victory last night. All right, the head coach is back. Join us uh, as we kick off the season, week number two. We're talking about Jim Fossil, the former New York football Giants head coach, the coach of the year and also coach the Giants in Super Bowl 35. Coach, it is great to have you with us here again. Well, TC, it's great to be back here, you know. There we go. Yeah. I got to get up the mic. Okay. I got like my coaching gear exactly. on, okay. Now, no. you don't need to have the, you know, the 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 play calling sheet in front of you here. Right? Yeah. You don't right, need to cover, right. cover your face like yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I know. That's, but uh, it's great to be back here with you. And football, you know, you know, you talk about four months ago, they didn't think anybody's going to be playing football. Exactly. But they're working it out, and it's good. And uh, I was a little worried about the players when you started out and they didn't have the off-season programs and get these guys, you know, into the systems and all that. But 
you know, like last night game, that was a heck of a game. Yep, it was. All right, so always great to have uh, the coach here. He's uh, he's like a regular here, you know, for the most part during football season. So we appreciate uh, the insight. And, of course, you're going to participate in our best bet segment. And I know last time you were here, you kinda, I think you swept the board. So, you, you know, you got a lot on your shoulders here. I got to get ready. You got to get ready to get ready. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, first – Talk about uh, what's happening in college football. The the Big Ten announced a couple days ago they will play football in the fall. Brian, they finally came to their senses. So they now join the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12. So we now are going to have four of the Power Fives. We're waiting on the Pac-12 to see what they do. The Big Ten announced they're going to have an eight-game season starting on October the 24th. Uh, and that's also going to include a cross-division game. The title game will be on December 19th. And then the, it's an intriguing date because the college football playoffs selection comes the following day on the 20th, so they wanted to make sure they got involved with there. So now we get to the Pac-12. And the Pac-12, as we've talked about before, has just been one of those conferences that really kind of mirrors you know, what the Big Ten and some of these other things are doing. They immediately said, hey, we're out as soon as the Big Ten, you know, a couple months ago said, we're not playing football. And then uh, the Pac-12 was, was having a meeting today with their presidents and chancellors, but Commissioner Larry Scott says that a vote is not expected today. So the question that I have, you've had time to prepare for this. Why can't you come up with a a vote, a resolution, especially when you are saying that now we've seen the medical protocols are now in place, that we're, the players are going to have daily testing, and this now carries over locally to the Mount West Conference where UNLV resides, and not just UNLV, but we got Air Force and you got Boise State, who's a perennial top 25 team, and the Mount West, their uh, chairman, uh, Craig Thompson, their commissioner, is now asking the board of the Mount West for a plan. Why couldn't there be a plan in place, or at least you know, knowing we're coming to this? Now, well, I think the testing has improved dramatically. Uh, these 15-minute rapid tests that they can get back before they go on the field, uh, it gives them a lot more security. They still got to decide on if they're going to allow fans or, or a certain percentage of fans. Uh, I'm sure you saw the Oklahoma State and Florida. There were people on top of each other without masks, and it looked uh, very unsafe in the stands. So there's some protocols that they have to get in place. I think the Big Ten did a very, very good job. Uh, they almost did what the NHL did by pushing the pause button. Mm -hmm. I think end of October makes a lot more sense. There could be a lot more advances uh, as things are going, and they can uh, really get a grasp on what's going on on these college campuses. You don't want to be Iowa or Alabama or Oklahoma or some of these have had real big explosions. So it gives them a little time to get uh, prepared. I think the Pac-12 is just a little more cautious. Uh, I think you'll probably see something by the end of next week. Mm. You know, there's no real urgency if they're not going to play till the end of October to get them back into the practice mode. So uh, uh, I, I applaud the Big Ten for kind of pausing, taking their time, looking at everything and saying, okay, I think we could come up with the right protocols. And everybody wants to, you know, get their seasons in so they can be considered for the college football playoff. And, again, that date is, is December 20th. And like Frank and I talked about yesterday, if there's going to be some postponements, and now we're seeing a couple postponements already today for tomorrow, the Houston-Baylor game, which was kind of an anticipated matchup with those two schools, especially the Baylor team that's been a perennial powerhouse, and Dave Aranda taking over there, coming over from LSU. There's a lot of anticipation, but it sounds like the entire Baylor offensive line yes. has COVID. And we could get to a point if the Big Ten or the Pac-12 you know, wait that – the ACC and the SEC could be 
you know, have seven or eight games under their belt, and the Big Ten, Pac-10, or Pac-12 could only have maybe three or four. Yeah, and remember, too, it's kind of interesting, too. Uh, you mentioned the Baylor-Houston game being canceled, and that is canceled because the offensive line doesn't meet the Big 12 minimum requirement for players eligible. Remember, this is a team that also last week had their game canceled because the other team that they were playing had 38 players that tested positive for COVID. So Baylor's had two games scheduled now, neither one of them getting played. And then you get to the Mountain West like you're talking, and I find it interesting because I heard somebody talking last night and they mentioned the fact that there's a possibility that if the Mountain West does play, because remember, some colleges are allowing fans in, fans might be able to go to UNLV games, but they can't go to Raider games because the Raiders have said they weren't. I'm curious to see if that makes it even more lucrative of a ticket for people to saying, I want to see the new stadium. If I can't see the Raiders there, maybe they go see UNLV. So there's a lot of weird things right now, and we all can see the schedules, but we literally don't know what the schedule is going to be week to week because this kind of stuff could continue to go on. Remember, in, in the Big Ten, when they do start playing, they have pretty stringent guidelines, so there could easily be games during that eight-game season that aren't taking place because of the COVID testing and everything else going on. So even though we think we have an idea what's going ahead, we don't know exactly. There could be detours throughout this entire season. Right? Yeah, that's a great point, and I, I think that the NCA should have stepped up and had everybody do it together. Right. To leave it on the conferences is, is really just insane. Right. And then they could have had a logical schedule. They could have all started that week of October 23rd at an eight-game schedule, did the exact same thing, and then moved on, and everything would be on a level playing field. It's very awkward to see because, as we discussed last week, we didn't know that Navy didn't practice tackling or blocking. Or hitting, yeah. Or no anything. And, and, the and then they came out and got just shelled by BYU. BYU this week's game has been canceled, right, because of, of COVID. Uh, I think against Army, right, there were some issues with Army. Yep. Um, so you just don't know. And then last week when we were on there, uh, Scott delivered that Coastal Carolina had a full complement of practices right. where Kansas did not. Well, right. guess what? Coastal went in there and beat them. So those are the things that it's kind of nice to know from a gambling standpoint right. because it's, it's, you, need to, you need to be able to go out and do the fundamentals. All right. Coach, when you hear about all this, what yeah. do you make of it? You coach not only in the NFL, but you coached in college football as well too at Stanford. Right. When you, what do you make of all this? Well, uh, my question to anybody that knows this, why did they rush to get the football season? You, you could have the, the, that into the spring. You have spring practice, spring games, and all that. You know, don't rush into this thing. If you have to have the whole, you know, I, I get worried that they can't get these guys in shape and they can't get them all worked out and all that, and they're going to push it and gonna play now. Take their time, bring them in, make sure they're, they're uh, fit to go and they're in shape and all that stuff and not rush it because I, I get afraid of the same thing with the NFL. You bring these guys in and they give them a couple of weeks to get ready and you got to get ready to hit each other. Yeah. You know, and you can't do that in shorts. And so, to me, I don't know why college can't say instead of playing when we normally do, push it out, push it out a little bit. We're not, are we a hurry? No. Let, don't, you know, instead of spring football, That'd be your lead. That's when you're playing. You know the regular. Yep, I, I agree with you 100%. I look out here and I see guys doing the money things, and it's all about money is what right. it comes down to because they have all these contracts with the the Big Ten Network and the all and the, the ESPN and the yep. ACC yep. Network and uh, NBC Sports and all that, and they, they're demanding uh, their sports to be on. And 
Uh, I think they should have delayed it. I agree with you 100%, Coach. Uh, yeah. Make sure that these uh, college athletes, uh, you don't want them permanently damaged for lifetime. Oh, right. Uh, you've seen some of the studies that came out of Penn State with the myocarditis and the things that can hit there. And so, to me, what's the hurry? Why does it have to play September through January? Yeah. They could play November through uh, uh, you know, February if they wanted. You know, it just doesn't seem to be something that has to be pushed that that urgent. And so I think for the Big Ten, October 23rd makes a little sense. You know, it gives them another month to get this, to get their hands around this and make sure that they can protect these athletes. Well, you know, and the thing is, I follow NFL mostly. I got mm-hmm. a son coaching in college, but with my son yeah, with the Cowboys. And I follow the injury reports. And they, to me, they look a lot higher than normal, okay? They got those guys in there, but they didn't have a lot of time because I remember when I was coaching, we we went in there and we took it slowly when we went against each other. We didn't the first day, second day, or third day that we're going bang, bang at each other. I want to see that the guys are in shape. And if I see a guy that's not in shape, well, you're you're going to get in shape before you get out there and start hitting, okay? And you, you work them into it. But I think they've got, I don't know, I can't say that I know this, but I think it seems like a lot of injuries, little stuff, you know, going down. And, you know, because some of those guys came in, they might not be in good shape. Now, I don't know. I don't know. But it seems like a lot of, mis- lot of, lot of injuries. You guys kind of touched on one of the reasons, though, that I think they are rushing it a little bit, or at least it seems like they're rushing it to us sitting here. And that is the money, and that is the TV. Because a lot of the big-name players, and I know Ohio State, for instance, their quarterback and some other kids, they said if they played spring football, they were out. They weren't going to play this season because they were just going to start doing their stuff, getting ready for the draft and the combine and stuff like that. And I think these conferences kind of freaked out going, well, if we don't have our big-name guys and our blue chippers and the guys that are in the running for the Heisman Trophy, we can't field those teams out there. And then when the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 said, we're going to go ahead and go, the Big 10 and the Pac-12, in my opinion, they kind of felt, well, it's the domino theory. If we don't go now, we're going to be shut out. Kids are going to want to leave our conferences. So money does rule everything. And I know I saw a report earlier today that the Pac-12 is talking about they're looking at starting October 31st. So if they got that date, they would essentially start a week after the Big Ten. Maybe they'd have a seven-game season or an eight to try to get in there and get their championship as well. But I really think it has to do with the money because there were literally people, and I know the, I know Ohio State, for instance, for sure had at least three of their star blue-chip players who are supposed to be first-round NFL draft picks that said, if it's spring football, we're out. We're not playing. And that's what you roll into here. If you're going to say... You know, two of the Power Five conferences are going to play in the spring, and the other three are going to play in the fall. First of all, you can't have a, a true playoff, okay? And then again, what is going to happen with your television money and your television coverage for the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten if you're going to play in spring? And like Frank says, and we've talked about that before too, you know, losing players, and then you're going to come back, and then now you've lost your spring football season, you know, getting ready, and then now what is that going to do for the following season? Like Brian says, it, it always comes down to this. We, do, we don't have a governing body. Even though it's the NCAA, you have this college football playoff, and they're their own entity. And every conference and even every university can do whatever they want to do, and that's where the problem lies here. Well, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And, you know, it, it, we've never experienced this, have we? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's ever happened, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know... 
all they, I, I, can't, I can't believe that they can't put it off a little bit, yeah. okay, and play a little bit later, let the guys get playing. And you know what? Except if I was coaching at USC and I got two or three, you know, first-rounders or close to it, I, I would personally tell them, don't, don't, okay? Let, don't play. Let, let me ask, it out. Let me ask you a question. Now, we know that most of these schools were, were already practicing, Right. They were they they were practicing. They thought they were coming back when the Big Ten announced. So they went to through some form of of camp. So now they we had the pause button. In your opinion, because you've been through this, how much time do you need at this point in time to be ready to play an opening day? Well, you when, when, what I did, I'll, I'll tell you this: when our guys reported, okay, we didn't do a lot of hitting, or very little bit. Not team. We went. You know, linebackers working against the tight ends and all that stuff. But the one thing that I did, we I, I, I put them through the paces. And I could tell which guy's, he's not in shape now. This guy's not in shape. You know, and this guy, no, I don't like the way he is now either. Well, I'll pull him aside. I said, you know what? You're not going to put those pads on. I'll go out there until I see you in better shape. So I would put them over to the trainers and stuff like that. And our work, you know, the guys that work with our guys that way. And, uh, and I'll, when you can do this level, okay, you're going to put the pads on. But I'm not going to put you out there because you're going to get hurt. You are going to get hurt. And uh, that's what it is. And that's what a coach has to do. And I, I was worried about it for the NFL that, you know, I was talking to my son. And, you know, we, I, don't, I don't ask him for a lot of in, inside stuff. But, you know, you got to make sure these guys are ready to play. And, the, you know, they, they – went there and they whoop, took off and I don't know I've looked at the injury report to me it looks a little high I do I, I don't I don't have any facts to back it up it just looks like it little stuff but say if you're taking over USC how, how many weeks at this point in time do you think you need before you say okay we're ready to kick off and play 100 percent is it three weeks is it four weeks what do you think start, it is uh, uh, well I, I would say uh uh, solid uh, three weeks of yeah. really cardiovascular working and all, all that stuff, getting them in shape. But I think most of most of the guys were working out there. You know, right. they were That's working in the weight room. They kind of hit the pause stuff. button here, so they've had some semblance of of a yeah. camp. Yeah, but then now the now the second phase of that is let them start to hit. Okay. Don't go out there the first day and scrimmage. Don't be like Navy and say, ah, oh, we, we thought we, we just, you know, hit bags and we get, you know, that'd be fine. And you're, you're losing <laughs> sight of the fact that some of these schools, especially in the Pac-12, UCLA, Cal, they haven't even started school yet. They're starting school this week or next week. And so they haven't been exposed to a, a variety of other things and distractions that could get them and get them in, uh, sick like, like some of these right. people have. And let's not lose sight of the fact these are people and you want to make sure that they're healthy. And it's a dangerous enough game as it is you know, without the COVID. So you want to make sure that they're in shape. You want to make sure they're ready to go. Hockey and basketball delayed themselves five months. And they had full camps, three weeks of, of, of training camps, and they had uh, a few exhibition games before they got started. Now, they've already said they're not going to go back into a bubble, you know, when, when they restart. I think December 2nd or 3rd is, is projected for hockey. They said, hey, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to start in October. We're going to give it to the delay. And they said if it's not ready, they're going to move it again. You know, because they want to have their season, but they said, forget about the traditional time of our season. We're in arenas. We could do it whenever, you know, and we'll just figure it out as it goes along. All right. Well, I was wondering in college, did they get spring football in? 
Did, did he? How many schools? Yeah, so there were some schools that they got. So, they got it. We, 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 yeah, there were some that uh, the SEC they had their their scrimmages, they had their games. Yeah, and the, and the NFL, you bring the guys in for three weeks to work them, and it, working them there, I could tell you, hey buddy, you're not in shape, buddy. Yeah. We're going to test you hard when you report. But college and pros had a way. Spring football, and you get the, the camp that just at your place. You're not going against anybody three weeks, and you could know if a guy is not in shape, and we would push the button on him. The rest of those guys say, we're going to test you when you come in, okay? But you got to be better shape, or you got to be this or whatever. Then we can get put the pads on and get after it. Well, I know one thing. You're in shape right now. You're ready to go. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. <laughs> he's, he's ready to go. He's, he's ready to hit that. Where's that uh, blocking sled? Ready he's to hit the blocking yeah. sled. Yeah. You know, and, he, and he's a terror on the golf yeah. course, too. You know, he's out there swinging it yeah, every day. Yeah, I'm a terror because I might hit the next guy in a row. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I've, I've lost some weight. You're looking good, Coach. Out. He's Jim, in fighting shape. Jim Fossil joined us, the former Super Bowl coach of the New York Giants, former coach of the year. He's hanging out with us today. We are live at the Cosmopolitan. No better place to be. Whether it is food, it is entertainment, it is the sports book, and we've got uh, a lot of great action happening this weekend. When we come back, we will start breaking down some NFL action, take a look at a couple of the college games, and our best bet segment coming a little bit later on. But glad to have you here on a Football Friday T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! Is now in. Football Friday, live from the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas ballpark. Frank Brian Benowitz, the coach Jim Fossil, joins us live here at the Cosmopolitan. We are here each and every Friday. Of course, you can listen to the show Monday through Friday. We're in studio, sometimes on the road, Monday through Thursday as well, too, at 2 o'clock. And of course, streaming live at tcmartinshow.com. Brian Benowitz, let me ask you a question. I'm hearing that the the governor is saying bars are open. Good timing here as we get ready for the Raiders opener Monday night. Uh, yeah. mo- Monday night. How does that affect uh, the bars here at the Cosmopolitan? Well, we'll, we'll open the bars as, as the governor has allowed us to uh, at uh, basically midnight Monday morning. Okay. You know, so uh, uh, right now you can see the bars. You can't walk up and play at any of the, at any of the bars. Uh, you can't even stand near the bars at this point. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to open up every other machine. We're not going to have every machine open and uh, put bar stools spread out six feet so that people feel secure. All right. We're ready to go. Monday night's an exciting time. Boy, it would be nice to be at the stadium. Yes. But yeah. uh, it is an exciting time for the town uh, to have a, a, a hometown professional NFL football team. is It's exciting. It's exhilarating. And to watch that stadium to go up and to see the Raiders uh, pull off their week one win in Carolina yeah. in dramatic fashion. And now you get Drew Brees and the excitement of the, the Saints coming in. Uh, boy, it would have been nice to be there. But uh, yeah. you know what? Uh, we'll be there for the next. Uh, they, they just extended our PSLs another year, by the way. Did you see that? There you go. Right. So now i got a free year. Yeah, <laughs> Jim, you've been here in this town for quite some time, and of course, you're you know coaching the NFL, familiarity with the with the NFL, and also coaching uh, other leagues here in Las Vegas. Did you ever think that you would see that we would have an opening night in a two billion dollar stadium here in Las Vegas, and then it, it would actually be the Raiders here? Talk a little bit about that. I, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, sorry, you know, I've got it where. You know, nothing surprises me. Whatever can happen will happen. And uh, I think it's great that the Raiders are here. And, uh, in fact, I was uh, at a restaurant one time, and uh, I was having dinner with friends. And uh, 
I was sitting there, and a guy hit me from the back. Just boom. Oh, jeez. You know, and I turn around. Who is it? John Gruden. And uh, he says, uh, I go, what are you doing? He says, what are you doing in my restaurant? I said, buddy, I've been here for about four years before you got here. So we traded jabs back and forth. And I, I text him once in a while and about congratulations and all that stuff. But it's exciting for the town. I mean. To have that stadium they got, and uh, you know they won the first game uh, on yeah. the road for a long way, so it's I hope they're going to go uh, and, and have a good season. All right, we'll preview that game here in a bit. Uh, Monday night football here in Las Vegas. There'll be a lot of pomp and circumstance going on. Like I said, it's, it's too bad that uh, you know, fans uh, cannot attend. And uh, you know, Mark Davis says, "Hey, if uh, no fans can attend." then uh, I'm not attending either. So he's not going to be at the games. And remember, there was that talk where, you know, we saw fans allowed in Jacksonville and Kansas City last week. And uh, Mark Davis said, stand put, it's not fair. I, how can I tell any of the 65,000 fans, you including, he's talking to you, Brian Benowitz, right, there you, go. you can't come. I can't say five, ten thousand 10,000 fans that you can come and the other 50, 55 can't. So everyone's staying home. And I know that's a blow, but... It, it, it's fair, I guess. It, it is fair, and I think it, it's, it's the better way to go, and it's the safer way to go until they know what's going on with COVID. Uh, you saw that there was fights in Cleveland last night. Mm-hmm. They only had 6,000 people. It looked kind of spread out, but then right. they all get together. They're all drinking. They're all having a good time, and then somebody you know, get, gets a little rough there. And uh, um, I, I, I think you it's know, the right way to go. You know, one of the things we look for is home advantage. Home field advantage. Yeah, home field advantage. I haven't heard anybody talk about that if you're playing at home and you don't have your fans, you've lost something there. No, you've lost an advantage that you have if you're like with the Raiders. You're playing at home. What you'd like to have is 66,000 people there and raising hell on that thing and helping them. It's quiet. You lost that advantage. Well, Brian, I know you're excited. The halftime show, Las Vegas' very own The Killers, will will be performing. Uh, not ac- not actually in the building, but I believe they're going to be playing over at Caesars. They're going to pipe that in. So we have halftime entertainment. Uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting that, that <laughs> the, the, the inaugural game will be here for the, for the first home team, home game. Uh, I know our friend Charlie's very excited. Uh, out in Boulder City, he, of course, would rather be there. Silver and black Charlie. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's all fired no, up. No and, bigger uh, diehard Raider fan than him. He is, he is a number one. <laughs> he is a number one. My, my, my friend Bobby and, and Kat is a huge fan of the Raiders as well. And, you know, it, it's been fun to watch it go. And this, this schedule that they had this year was, was perfect for the inaugural season, right. so it's a bummer. They gave us a nice little gift, you know, with the, the stadium and the tickets and all that stuff, and that's kind of nice but you know you'd much rather be there you'd rather be there and and sitting there and and watching the the lunacy that is the uh, the raider nation go well you know i had some relations with the i was there as an offensive coordinator yeah and uh when new york giants called me on a wednesday and offered me the job head job on tuesday okay they called me the raiders and offered me the job there too I said, fellas, I'm sorry, I already committed to New York. Uh, but my son, who's now with the uh, Cowboys, they hired him. Not, not when the, That wasn't the same. He was a ball boy. Al Davis was an amazing man. Yeah. Okay? And uh, he was a ball boy there. He was a ball boy. And uh, he had to go back to school. He was in college. And uh, something going on. And he said to uh, 
one of the guys there, he says, hey, who's that kid that we had here? He did everything. Hell, I mean, cleaned the, he was throwing passes. He was cleaning out the lockers. He was, I, I saw him doing all this stuff. Let's hire this guy. Get him back here. He said he's Jim Fossil's son. He's got to go back to college. Okay, well, later on, he offered him a job. He went there for a while. That's yeah. wonderful. That's great. He was a great man. I mean, Val, Al Davis was great to me. Treated me wonderfully. Good stuff. All right, guys, let's take a look at Sunday's docket here. Let's talk about, you're talking about your son, John Fossil, special teams coordinator now with the Cowboys, but he's been with the Rams the last few years. And uh, the Rams uh, on the wrong side against the Cowboys last week. I know you had an interest in that game, Jim. But now they go on the road to Philadelphia. They play the Eagles. The game is virtually a pick em. How do we see the Rams and the Eagles here? Because Carson Wentz was downright awful last week. He got sacked eight times. And uh, there's already rumblings, and we know how Philadelphia is, Brian. doesn't matter what sport. Those fans will call for your head, whether it's a coach, a quarterback, anybody. But, uh, you know, there's a guy by the name of Jalen Hurts there just kind of waiting in the wings. And so here we go. we got Eagles and the Rams on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I like the way the Rams looked. I mean, they, they played very hard. They played really well in that, their uh, inaugural game in their stadium. They played against a very good Dallas Cowboy team, and they pulled out a win. And uh, they look good on both sides of the ball. The Eagles played a, what was an inferior team. And the, the Washington Football Club, is that what they're called? <laughs> the football team. Um, and uh, they had a lead, and they couldn't hold it, and they couldn't block anybody. Uh, so I think that you're going to have a lot of pressure right up the gut, and uh, they're going to they're sack them again. And I like the Rams. I like the Rams a lot here, and I think that they're my, my top play of the week. Um, I was looking at this game, too. I thought the Rams did look pretty impressive that first game out there. Uh, you would think that the Eagles are going to try to bounce back and get a little bit of better play. They certainly have an awful lot to work on from that week one. I would be leery. You know, you don't always want to take teams on the road, but like we talked about, the home field advantage isn't going to be what it normally is out here. And, it, you know, is it a home field advantage? But the bottom line is from week one, and I never want to put too much into one week to the next, but... Um, I wasn't impressed with the Eagles at all, and I was with the Rams. So if I was going to have a pick in this game, I would, I would definitely lean towards the Rams. So, Coach, you followed that Rams team very, very closely. You went to most of the home games last year. How does this team look this year compared to last season? Well, they just had the one game that I saw, but yeah. they look good. I mean, you know, they bounced back. You know, they got the Super Bowl, you know, and then they dropped off and dropped off. And this one looks like, you know, I like the quarterback. I've liked him the whole time. Yeah. And uh, they look good. They look uh, like they're they, everybody's understanding of what they're trying to do. You know, there's no guys lost out there. They look very confident. So uh, I think, you know, they're going to bounce back this year, and they're going to be a team that you got to deal with. Mm -hmm. and, and I think people are still looking at the Eagles Super Bowl champs from a couple years ago. That was a magical run. This isn't the same team. And no. they're thin. They're thin on the on, on the offensive line and defensive line. And I think that uh, they're they're in for a, a, a not a great year from what I saw early on. Now they there's always time to turn it around, but they don't look good. We talked about the uh, Raiders defeating the Panthers last week. Well, Carolina is now facing Tampa Bay. There's already been some rumblings between head coach Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. And uh, you know, the Bucks had a tough opener, you know, going against the Saints. And a lot of people didn't think Brady looked that good. Coach, when you looked at Tom Brady last week, what are your thoughts? Now at 43 years old, he's at home. They're an eight-point favorite against Carolina. I think a lot of people are anticipating the Bucks to be in a good spot here against a very young Carolina team. But Teddy Bridgewater didn't look too bad last week. No, not no, no. And Brady, I think, you know, yeah, I was surprised that you know his uh, decision making. You know, a quarterback, you make a decision and go. 
he looked at sometimes he was waiting, hesitating. I don't know if the route wasn't right or he didn't read it right or whatever, but it didn't look like Tom Brady that I know. How tough is that to come into a new system, especially when you've been in one for the past, what, 15, 16 years? Long time. It's, it, it's, uh, it takes a while, a little bit. And he's smart and he, he's working. I, I don't know. You know, the one thing you can't find at, at you, when you look at it, you know, everybody's going to look at it a different way. I don't know. Maybe the, the route wasn't right. Maybe something else was going right. You know, you don't know. But the guy with the hands on the ball, it's going to be his fault. You know, but sometimes we don't know. The coach isn't going to come out and say that. And Brady isn't going to come out and say, hey, he was supposed to run that route at 15 and he ran it at 12, you know, or something, or he went too short or long or something. You don't know that. But he didn't look like he was comfortable, like he was, you know, at, when in New England. Yeah, he, um, he did not look good at all. Mm-hmm. One of the things in New England is his ability to get that ball out of his hands and nobody would touch him. He stopped and hesitated and got hit a lot in that game. Uh, now, he didn't have a preseason, and he's in a new system. So maybe it does take time to get to get the guys in. But he did have Gronk there, who did virtually nothing in the game. So uh, I, I did not like the way they looked, and there's no way I'd lay nine points with that team. Yeah, I, I agree with Brian. I think the nine points, that's an awful big number for a quarterback who's definitely up there in years. You wonder, does he have the same zip on his ball that he used to have in the past? Certainly, he knows everything mentally to do. Like, remember Peyton Manning at the end of his career, when he lost a little zip, he would call the audibles, and he still made plays that were good and friendly for him. But in a new system, maybe Brady hasn't figured out what all those calls are yet and what changes to make on the field or whatever. You'd think that he's going to get better in week two. But one other thing, every time Tom Brady takes the field, the other team has a bullseye on his back because everybody wants to put it on their resume that they beat him. And Peyton Manning had the ability to manage the game. And he knew he had the most ferocious defense in the league with Denver up there. And he knew not to turn the ball over. And it wasn't bad to go ahead and punt it deep and then get the ball in decent field position. So he managed the game where it looked to me like Brady was trying to make plays, and when you wait a half a second in that league, those guys are fast. They're going to get on you in a hurry. Well, you know, I can't give you all the numbers, yeah. but I know this. Watching the games, a quarterback that has a new team or a new coach, they didn't play real quick. Yeah. They're in a different system. Right. I saw those, some of those other guys, you know, they came out. They were there, same system, same play caller, yeah. everything, okay? Brady. Different system, different play caller. And you can go down the list. Like the Rams, I mean, that guy, he'd been in the system. He looked dang good. Yeah. yeah. You know? And uh, the guys, the quarterbacks that had the same system and the same coach calling the plays for them, they played better. Two guys in that situation this week face off against each other. The Falcons taking on the Cowboys. John's over at the Cowboys right now. you got Dak Prescott and, and Matt Ryan. The Cowboys are a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, some people are starting to believe a little bit in, in the Falcons, and a lot of people thought Dallas disappointed last week against the Rams. Your thoughts on how the Cowboys looked last week and how do they, uh, how do they look coming up Sunday? Well, I think they made some mistakes, but they're the same. You know, we're seeing something different. I mean, you know, they didn't have an off-season program where you get three weeks and you get the guys in and you got a new system, a new play caller. The three weeks, they didn't get. They didn't get it at all. So the teams that have the same play caller, same system are advanced. Now, okay, the Cowboys, yeah, I think they got to pick it up there. They didn't, I think that they could be better, okay? And I think they will be. That's a good coaching staff they've got. And they get good players. But I think you look, if you went through every team, and I haven't done it, you guys, well, Mark Sharp, I am, that 
if you look at the guys that had a new system, they didn't get the three weeks to work. They uh, shut down. They didn't get the practice games. They didn't all that stuff. And you're playing now for real. And I think you're going to find the teams that, that, that are playing, they're coming back. And like Mike McCarthy, you know, cut, taking over the Cowboys. That was his first game, and we saw him make some questionable decisions in that game last week. I, I highlighted this game. I didn't use it as one of my top five or top three. Mm-hmm. I would rather do five NFL, believe it or not, these days. <laughs> but I didn't use it, but I, I definitely would lean to the Cowboys. I think you'll see dramatic improvement from week one to week two with the new system because they have talent all over that field. Right. And uh, they went up against a good team. Mm-hmm. That Rams team is a good team, and they played them right to the end. So uh, I think that uh, the, I would only lean one way and lay in the points with yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. And that was, I was very close with that, too, about putting my best bets. I was going to take the Cowboys as well. Yeah, this is the kind of game that I would always stay off of simply because they're both what I call Jekyll Hyde teams. I don't know what I'm going to get week to week because they can be inconsistent. You mentioned that a lot of people are high on the Falcons thinking they're going to get better. But haven't we heard that about Ryan and the Falcons almost every season? This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. And then they either start out slow and come on strong at the end or they start out fast and kind of fade out. So I never know what to expect from them. You always think you're going to get more than they actually give for whatever reason. And with the Cowboys, I know a lot of people are high on Dak Prescott and they think that they should sign with that long-term contract. I'm still not sure that he can stretch the field enough for this team. I see him do a lot of check down passes. I think he's a smart quarterback. He doesn't turn it over, which you don't want. But I'm not sure that he gets the most out of all their talent all the time. So I think he's still learning a little bit, maybe with different systems and different routes and that. He'll get it as they go on. But you have to go to a quarterback's strengths. And I think they're still trying to figure out the best way to use Dak. And we saw it with Joe Montana. He didn't have the strongest arm in the world all the time, but he was the smartest quarterback, arguably, maybe ever so he got the most out of it Prescott doesn't always stretch the field but this is a game that I never know what to expect from either one of these clubs I think the Cowboys are going to win do I think they're going to win by that much I don't know yeah intriguing card coming up on Sunday a lot of good matchups we'll start diving into that and we'll give you our best bets on the other side of the break so hang tight for that we got our three best college three best pro games breaking it down for you on a football Friday it is the T.C. Barton show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas What's up, guys? This is Mac from the Las Vegas Aces. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Boom! Yeah! Check this out! Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, Jim Fossil, the head coach, joined us, the former Super Bowl coach, coach of the year with those New York football giants. Took him to Super Bowl 35. He's in the house with us. Brian Benowitz, of course, our VP of Casino Operations, our hockey-slash-college football guru, and, of course, Ballpark Frank in the house each and every Friday right here. And the Nunchuck, you're making it happen here as well, too. So shout-out to you. And the lovely ladies, Kathy and Gina, join us. Ron Jeremy in the house here today. I mean, (laughs) star-studded group. And, of course, the lovely Marielle. Yes. The president of Alice Cooper's fan club in the house as well. So you can't beat it. They're all here. And so we invite you to come on and join us each and every Friday. Okay. You know, they're going to want to come every time now. Well, they're, gonna do so. they're getting the shout-outs. Yeah, and right, I've perfect. never seen a better mask uh, game in my life. I mean, the leopard ladies uh, donning those masks there, outstanding. Perfect. That's, that's some, yeah. some, that's some <laughs> high-end stuff there. I'm telling you. What time is it? Oh, best bets time. It's Football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Live from the... Sportsbook, here's the best bets. 
All right, here we go. Three best college plays. We understand it's a very light college board again, but hopefully we will get into some uh, some more games here in the next few weeks, especially some conference games. So we'll give you our three best colleges and, of course, a nice docket of the pros to choose from today. So I'll kick it off for us, guys, and I'm going to start with the Duke-Boston College game. Duke played Notre Dame really tough last week, and we saw quarterback Chase Bryce. He was very impressive. David Cutcliffe is back calling the plays again. He said his team came out of that Notre Dame game very, very good and very, very confident. This is a game that I like Duke in. I'm going to lay the five with Duke. Boston College has a new head coach. They've got a new quarterback, and they're probably going to use a two-quarterback system. And as we know, that's usually not a good thing to go with. But, uh, you know, Duke hasn't gone 0-2 to start a season since 2011. Duke has won eight straight home openers. So I believe that uh, the, the Duke Blue Devils are going to take care of business here. And uh, with the game under their belt, like you talked about, Brian, uh, is huge. Where Boston College, this will be the first time they're taking the field. Duke's got talent on both sides of the ball. I think Duke wins, and they cover. Speaking of Notre Dame, Notre Dame is playing South Florida back in South Bend this week. Notre Dame is laying 26. I am going to lay nearly four touchdowns with the Irish here. Notre Dame beat Duke last week. Their defense was solid. They limited Duke to 70 yards rushing on 30 carries. But the key point here is because South Florida is offensively challenged. They are atrocious. No returning starters on the offensive line. Now, Coach, we know what that's all about. You better have some returning starters on your O-line. South Florida has zero. They're, I don't see how they're going to be able to run the ball. This USF team, they had went through a coaching change. Charlie Strong, they were 4-8 and eight last year. And uh, we talk about multi-quarterback systems. I don't think I've ever heard this. South Florida said they're going into this game with a three-quarterback system. Have you ever heard of such a thing? No. I, 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 how did they do that? <laughs> you tell me. No, teammate, Christmas. <laughs> so I'm going to lay 26 with the Irish and go against the, not the triple option, Brian Benowitz and Frank Harnish, but the triple quarterback system. So I'm going to go Irish and lay 26. Finally, Central Florida playing Georgia Tech. UCF, they're ranked number 14, deservedly so. This team has only won 36 out of the last 40 games. Quarterback Dylan Gabriel had to take over for McKenzie Milton. McKenzie Milton had that horrific injury uh, at the beginning of the season last year. Dylan came in as a freshman. Dylan Gabriel, uh, all he did was start the next 12 games. He had a great year, passing for over 3,600 yards. Georgia Tech, as we know, only in their second season, a new offense. Brian, I think we went against them last week. Uh, they beat a bad Florida State team, and uh, I believe the competition, competition level is stepping up here this week for Georgia Tech. UCF is for real. Like I said, they're a winning machine, and of those 36 victories that I talked about, they have scored at least 30 points in every one of those games. I will take UCF and lay a touchdown against Georgia Tech. Double B, you're up. Wow, that's uh, you know those are some good picks. I, I like your analysis on Duke, uh, and I like the way that they played, and I, I certainly like the fact that uh, they've played and the other team has not, especially right. at this time of year. And that's why I'm going with uh, Wake Forest over NC State. Wake Forest did get beat pretty bad by Clemson, but they did uh, score a little bit in the end and cover that game at the end and, and, and continue to play competitive. Last year, they walloped NC State. They outgained them 418 yards to 265. Um, the game was over at halftime, 34 to 10. I'm going to take a few points on that one. So, okay. 
I'll take uh, Wake Forest. Uh, the other one is a revenge game. I'm going to take Louisville uh, over Miami of Florida. Uh, last year's game got away from them at Miami. Uh, they were down at half, 35-14. But uh, in the game, they had 14 turnover or 14 penalties and three turnovers, and yet still outgained Miami. So I think that the uh, level of competition should be pretty close. So I'll take the revenge factor with Louisville. And then I'm going to stick with Syracuse. I thought they played a gutty game last week. They got away from them in the fourth quarter. Uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, last week had a laugher against Austin P. I think it was 55 to nothing. It was really an exhibition game or a scrimmage game for them. Uh, last year's game was very, very close at 27-20. Uh, and Syracuse, um, uh, you know, they, they got sacked in that game uh, nine times. And I think this way they'll protect the quarterback a little more. So I'm going to take the 21 points in Pittsburgh with the Syracuse Orange. All right. Ballpark Frank. All right, well, uh, you and I are on two of the same games. One we agree, one we disagree on. I also like Duke. I like the fact that they played that game. I thought they hung around in the game pretty well. Boston College would not have any game. That was kind of the the reason that I took Duke in this game. I I think that they can uh, win this game, and I think they can win it by more than a touchdown. I also like Louisville. Louisville minus the 2.5 with Miami of Florida, and uh, I thought Louisville looked really good last week. This looks like it could be a tough game, but I do like the uh, Louisville in this one. And then the game that we're on the opposite side of, Georgia Tech. I said last week that I wasn't sold with uh, Florida State, uh, I, and I wasn't. But I thought Georgia Tech showed a lot of fight in that second half. They came back to not only get in the number, but they came back to find a way to win. And again, although I do think Central Florida is a good team, the fact that they haven't played a game yet, and Georgia Tech played a team that was ranked, whether they should have been or not, I'm going to stick with them. We're getting the seven and a half. So uh, Duke, Louisville, and Georgia Tech are my three colleges. All right, Coach Jim Fossil joins us. We're not going to let you pick the make you pick the college games because we know it's a short board. But you're the NFL guy, so give us your three best NFL games, Coach. Oh, I got I got some games of college, but that's all right. Let's go on. <laughs> oh, go ahead, whatever you want. Okay. No. Again, people no, better be writing this down. The last time Coach was here, he swept the board. Well, I, you know, uh, I'll go Boston College. My youngest son went there. <laughs> okay. Okay, and he was football. <laughs> okay, I got that. Oh, you're going against us. Okay. Which was the uh, the team that uh, uh, our offensive line all knew? Uh, fresh. Uh, South fresh. Florida. Yeah. yeah right, the newbies. Go against the, them. I'm, no, I'm picking them. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I was I got famous in college because <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a good offensive line. Yeah, right. So we had the duck offense. Yeah. The duck offense. The duck offense. Because I came from D- Disneyland. Yeah. We had duck, Dazzy, all all the ducks. And what oh. we did is we yeah. put the off we put the all the offensive line all the way with the tight end over there. And then we'd snap the ball and we had all the receivers over there. They couldn't they couldn't get us. And they, they put us on TV, national television. Coach, we're the running out of time. Office. Give <laughs> us three NFL plays. Three uh, NFL? Yeah. Well, I got to go with the uh, Cowboys. Yeah. They got to do that. I, you know, I don't oh, even cool. know. They're, I'm going to go with the Rams again. Okay. They looked awfully good. I thought they were really good. And I'm going to go with the, uh, my guys here, Raiders. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Home doggy. They look good. They look good. All right. They're going to be home, and it's going to be good. There we go. You got Jim Fossil's picks. There we go. We got the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Raiders. The Raiders. Double B. I'm sticking with those Rams. They look like they're in midseason form on both sides of the ball, and I think that the uh, the travel to an Eagle team that's already having question marks, that's the way to go. I'll lay that one point. Uh, I'm going with the Patriots over the uh, Seahawks, getting four points. I'll take Belichick over there. Uh, they were Their defense looked very solid in that game, and Cam Newton did enough to win. So uh, I like them in that game, getting a few points. 
and then I'm going to go with the inaugural game at Allegiant Stadium, and I'm going to go with our Raiders, uh-huh. uh, getting six and a half because I think they're going to play their guts out for us. So. Are you calling outright winner? Are you calling? I, I'm calling outright. You're going to see the ghost to the post and yeah. hit it in there in, and we're going to score the win the, the game. ghost to the post. Dave Casper, Jersey. There you go. Frank. All right. Uh, my three NFL picks, and the first one really pains me because it pains me to ever pick these guys, but they look so good in week one. Oh, I know where he's Packers, going. Green and gold, baby. And a half. Uh, uh, Green Bay, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks sensational, So, uh, and Detroit is still Detroit. Uh, I'm going to go against Brian. I'm, I, I like Seattle. I thought Seattle looked pretty good. I think Russell Wilson's maybe never gotten as much credit as he deserves out there. So I'm going to lay the four with that one and take Seattle over New England. And then uh, I'm also going to stay in that other uh, black and blue division. And uh, Minnesota, I don't think they looked great the first week, but I think they're going to prove. I'm not sure that uh, Indy is that good, and I'm getting three points. So in a game that I think is kind of a toss-up, I'll take the points in that one. I think Cousins is going to play better. And I'm still not sold on uh, Rivers and what he's doing with Indy right, right now. I don't think he looks that comfortable there. All right, there you have it. All right, guys, I'm going to go with Tennessee and Jacksonville. Yes, Jacksonville came from behind to beat Indy last week, but don't start drinking the Jaguar Kool-Aid just quite yet. I think today, <laughs> come Sunday, they fall back a little bit. They were outgained uh, 445 yards to 221. That's right. And they came back and they got the victory, okay? So if not for Phillip Rivers and Indy collapse, they would be 0-1-1 right now. Tennessee had a tough game against Denver. We saw them on Monday night, but when it came down to crunch time, it was all about Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry making things happen. They shined, and the Titans' D shut Denver down. Derrick Henry loves playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. In the last two meetings, he ran for 238 yards in one game. might remember that was the one he had the 99-yard touchdown run. And then 159 yards last year against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee has owned Jacksonville. They've won three out of their last four games in blowout fashion. Last year, they pummeled them 45-20. to That was a game where Tennessee scored 28 points in the third quarter. I will lay a touchdown with the Tennessee Titans. Arizona. In Washington, I like the Cardinals in this one. Washington is another team that I think overperformed last week in their comeback win against Philly. I can't see them doing it again, traveling cross-country and playing against a hungry Cardinals team. Kyler Murray was great uh, last week against the 49ers. The D came up big, so I see the Cardinals taking care of business, laying a touchdown against Washington. And finally, I don't know, I'm uh, I'm going with Seattle over New England. I like Seattle. I think Cam Newton will get a little bit different look this week. Uh, I think Pete Carroll's paying attention to that. And their wide receivers, Julian Edelman and, uh, and Harry, are, are dinged up a little bit. So I will take Seattle. I know the 12th man's not coming into play. They're not going to have, you know, Colleen, the handicapping queen there. They're not going to have the 80,000 screaming fans. But I do like Seattle, and I'll lay four against the Patriots. So those are our best bets. Uh, Scott Spritzer, Matthew Holt, and our good friends from Opportunity Village, Adam Joseph, in the house here today as well, too. All of their, their picks are up on the website for our best bets. You can check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. I like that AJ's wearing his uh, LVR over there. Go Raiders. Yes. Adam Joseph yes. in the house. Opportunity Village represented along with the Raiders. Yes. And I know he's got he's got action going on the Raiders as well, too. Oh, of course. Coach, we appreciate you being here as always, my friend. I always enjoy it. I, you know, I learn from you guys, too. You know, I, I like that. You guys know football, and it's good. I'll always be here. You can, I appreciate that. You, know, you can learn from us, but we learn from you. And today, what did we learn? We learned about the duck offense. 
There you go. Oh, it, it was famous. <laughs> we played Wisconsin back there, and all they wanted to know for TV, we're going to run the duck off, aren't you? The duck off, you know, I'll tell you what. In relation to Oregon. TC's going to Google it afterwards right now and be ready to go. Okay, okay. there okay. you go, exactly. Jim, Jim, appreciate you as always, my man. All right, good to be here. All right, the head coach, Jim Fossil, joins us here. Ballpark Frank, Brian Benowitz, you guys have a great weekend. Start wearing some hockey, too, this weekend, right? Yeah, Saturday night, uh, Dallas-Tampa. Intriguing matchup, and uh, should be a lot of fun. All right. Absolutely insane, too. I've never seen back-to-back -back games in the Stanley Cup final, but if there's game four and five this year, we will see Isn't it. Isn't that crazy? It makes right. no sense. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. We'll be right back at you Monday at 2 o'clock, and, of course, the Cosmopolitan here next week on Friday. Have a good one. Enjoy your weekend.